past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you've joined us here today. And today we have a guest that's going to be talking about a very important topic. So we're going to be talking today about virtual excellence and how we can all be better at interacting virtually. And Elizabeth Sanders Park is here to do this with us today. And Elizabeth, you have been working in the careers area for a long time and really been helping people across the world with their careers. You've recently dove into this idea of virtual excellence. So we're glad that you're here to join us today. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how people, what you see in terms of being virtually excellent. Right. So, you know, for all of us in the middle of March of this year, the whole world changed. If you were working, we were told to grab our laptops and go home and we've been home pretty much ever since. And so we, I think we all thought that to be virtually excellent, we all meant to try to be virtually excellent before and didn't quite get to it. Now we're being forced into it. And it seems to me that we all decided that if we just took our message and airlifted in some technology, just brought it up on Zoom, that it would go well. But we know we've been to meetings, we've been to trainings that did not go so well. So this idea that you're just going to take your message and bring it up on technology, it's not quite enough to be excellent. There's this missing piece, and we went on a very quick journey to figure out what it is and how we respond to it, and I call it technique. So your message is what you're communicating, but technique is how you're communicating. And there's a couple of ingredients that make up technique, and if you master those, you can be virtually excellent. Yeah, yeah. So I look forward to that. We're going to dive in more to that. And as you said, you know, we were all, well, not all of us, but a lot of us were doing things virtually. So Resume Writing Academy and Career Thought Leaders have been teaching classes virtually for a decade, maybe more, (laughs) starting in the way back with the telephone, right? We used to do telephone conferences. Um, So, so interesting. And then, you know, about six, seven years ago, we started doing webinars. And then about, you know, three years ago, somewhat before we needed to, we started to think about how to make them better and more interactive and learn from you and the presentations you do personal and from some of our other colleagues who do, you know, virtual workshops. But then you start to think about, okay, how can we take this to the next level? And part of it is also because everybody's on Zoom. And so we might have gotten away with not being as excellent virtually before because it was, hey, this is even offered virtually. That's a difference. (laughs) And now it's really got to be good for people to want to engage because there's so much going on virtually. So tell us a little bit about what you mean when you say technique. Yeah, so I think you're exactly right, Marie. I think starting in March, April, May, it was so new to all of us. I kept finding myself saying we're in this moment of grace because the expectation was really low and we were all just getting used to it. I trained just the other day and I asked the question, raise your hand if you've had more Zoom meetings this week than you had in all of 2019. And most of the hands went up. 
So it's brand new to us, but now we're four, five, six months in, and the expectation is rising quickly because we're all getting more proficient. So I'm going to recommend that we really work on our technique. And there's three things I recommend that will combine to make for great technique or not. The first one is the sort of ecosystem or the environment that you create around yourself. And I want you to think about when you are in a virtual interaction, whether you're leading or you're following, or you're with peers, whatever role you're playing, think about the sort of command center, and that's the word I would use. Create a command center. What do you need to have at your fingertips so that you can be totally present with everybody who's on the other side of the camera? And also, what sort of world do you want to invite them into? Think about your lighting and your background. I've had meetings with people, and they look like they're in the witness protection program. They're backlit. You cannot see them. It's all very mysterious. So get some light on your face. Make sure your camera is right at eye level or a little bit higher and then tip your chin down a bit so you have a nice open face when you look there. And then think about your background. Either have a regular background that's nice and tidy or you can do a virtual background, but make sure that the colors in the background are really different than the colors in your hair and skin and clothing so that you really pop and can really be seen. So one important element of technique is is this command center, this environment that you create and invite everybody into. Yeah, and, and I've seen the virtual backgrounds work well for some people. I think there's something that's nice about your real authentic background if you can. So there's not one right answer. As you're saying, it's just thinking about what that looks like, what that feels like, and making sure it aligns with what we want people to be welcomed into and making sure it's conducive to being effective in our event. I would think of it as staging, which sounds a little maybe inauthentic, but the truth is, in the past, if you're invited in for an interview, you have no control over where you're going to be. Now you have control, and so think beyond just your facial expressions and the clothing that you're wearing and the answers you're giving to really staging a whole um, sort of effect for them. I had a meeting with a colleague today, and I've known this person for a decade. We've worked together. I consider him a friend. I've known him a long time. And we had a Zoom meeting today, and as soon as we got on, I said, are you a musician? And he said, actually, I am. I never knew this. But behind him was this gorgeous electric guitar hung up on the wall. Also, at one point, his wife snuck by, thinking she was out of the picture, and ran upstairs. And I know her, and I said, hey, Sherry, how are you? And you have an opportunity to really um, consciously create the impression that you make. And we're not suggesting that you be inauthentic, but that you just be really mindful about what do you want them to know. You've never been able to walk into an interview and have your degree hanging on the wall behind you. Now you can. So think about that picture you want to present. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun, and it's fun. People, it's fun to watch people try their virtual background to see their their real background. I've seen a few virtual backgrounds where I thought, oh, maybe your face shouldn't be right there in that flower. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you want to test that out and really think about it. Maybe get some feedback from a friend or family member. But that it is fun, and it gives us that opportunity to do that. So maybe even a little bit beyond job job interviews and their background. What other parts of job search are different now that people have to do this virtually? Oh, I think it's very different these days. And in some ways, we have less control 
because we cannot go wander in as a customer or go meet a friend for lunch and get that introduction. There's not a hallway to bump into somebody and strike up a conversation when you're on your way to or from an interview. So there are some things that are lacking and more challenging in today's job search. I think there's a couple of advantages. Um, I do think that we're now doing so much more Zooming, and I just was hearing this morning on the radio that Zoom has now become a verb. Even if we're not using Zoom, we'll say, let's Zoom on MS Teams. Let's Zoom on Google Hangouts. And so it's becoming so common. In fact, in my own profession, I now do Zoom meetings with people who I've always only done phone calls with. So I think there's an expectation, which means there's a bit more access for you, certainly in an interview, as we've talked about. But what about calling someone, an old colleague, to ask about being a reference for them, for for them to be a reference for you? Or if you're going to do an investigative interview to learn about a company or explore a certain kind of work, chances are you can get a video call whereas six months ago that would have seemed odd. And that means you get to peek into their world. You get to see sort of behind their desk, and you get to watch their expressions in a way that you could not have before. So I would look for opportunities to do video calls, even if you think that a straight phone call is is expected or maybe enough. Now, that means you have to be ready as well. So you have to be on your game. So technique, which I mentioned earlier, part of it's that command center that you create, but a big part of it is how you behave in the space. You now have an opportunity to show them your energy, your responsiveness, your professionalism, to build your credibility in ways that you could not have before without this Zoom opportunity. So In the same way that when you're job searching, if you go into a company you would like to work for as a customer or to meet a colleague or for a community event that they're involved in or as an intern or to an investigative interview, and you need to be best foot forward every moment that you're on their property, the same goes for when you're Zooming. It's a huge opportunity to really impress people, and they get to know you much more quickly than they would through LinkedIn email exchange, resumes, and even phone calls. Yeah, so there's a lot more access. And maybe, you know, people who are in small towns can now access companies and people to talk to and all of that easier in the big cities. So uh, there are some advantages, as you're saying. It's being thoughtful about making sure we're connecting, that we're giving ourselves that opportunity, and then – I know you. We've been talking about you know turning on the camera and how important it is to turn on the camera. But maybe just here briefly before we go to break, what do people do if they don't want to turn on the camera? Yeah, so I would say it's your life and your choice. And the first thought is you don't have to. They can't make you turn on the camera, but they can make decisions about you based on that decision. So I would ask myself, why don't I want the camera on? And overwhelmingly, the reason we don't want the camera on is because we don't like to look at ourselves on camera. We find it distracting. So I would dare you to turn it on, create a nice background, get yourself put together, prepare your message, have good energy and good posture, and turn on that camera. You can in Zoom and most of these platforms, you can hide your video block so that you're not distracted by seeing yourself. You could also just put a sticky note over it if you can't find the control to do that. And then do your best. If you're going to keep your camera off, 
I would say you've got to work extra hard. Make sure you have a nice picture so they see who they're talking to or a nice emoji so they can picture you. But you've got to have that smile in your voice, that energy in your voice. You need to listen extra specially carefully so you know exactly what they're asking for. And you probably need to be a little more expressive like we used to have to do if we were presenting or interviewing over the phone. So you've got choices. I recommend turning the camera on, hiding your video block, and doing your best. Yeah, and start by doing those video video calls more with your family or whatever mess whatever medium you can because once you get used to seeing yourself on video, it really it does go away. <laughs> I started yeah. doing live videos for um, Career Thought Leaders Facebook about six months ago. And it's hard at first. You are distracted. You're thinking about how am I looking? Where am I looking? Is this all working? And then as you keep doing it, it does get better. So I'd encourage you to find safe spaces to try it so that you can feel more comfortable when you are going to do it more publicly. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about how you can be virtually excellent in the work and your job search that you're doing right now. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America. America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Elizabeth Sanders-Park about how we can be virtually excellent. So Elizabeth, you've shared some great tips already for us, setting up our space and interacting when we're virtual. And part of what we were just talking about was when people are participating in events and maybe they want to show up and, and do that virtually, they want to network virtually. How have you been in interacting or how have you been experiencing some of these events. Can we be interactive? Yeah, you know, Michelle, you, or Marie, you said just a few minutes ago that 
we do this more and more now, and at first it was very distracting and uncomfortable, but the more we do it, the more comfortable we get. And I think that that's happening for most of us. And at first they felt a little disconnected. They felt like a sorry excuse for a live event, and that is quickly evolving. I find that the more comfortable we get using these tools, it becomes almost a more intimate experience because everyone gets to be in their own space and we can re- and we're really all um, looking right into the camera kind of full face and so it can be almost more intimate than other events and they can be interactive i've been doing trainings and coachings i've spoken at conferences and we're using small breakout groups for activities and the chat to share ideas and opening up the gallery to lead discussions where we all get to contribute. You can run polls. Um, there's all sorts of things that you can do to keep people engaged and let them share. I will say I prefer platforms that allow for sharing. There are some platforms where when you're doing a webinar or you're sharing a presentation, you can't see your audience. And they can hear you, but they can't speak to you. I don't love those. I love the ones where everybody can unmute and share their ideas. I love the small groups. And if you use Zoom, it's very easy. I've even done this with my family. Get your family together. And if people want to kind of um, pair off and talk a little more deeply, you can actually put them in small groups. I was just doing a training recently. I was training a team of people. There were seven of them and one of me, and often when I'm training, it's a mixed group. So I'll put them in small groups so they can kind of cross-pollinate and talk. In this case, I was teaching a singular group, and they all knew each other, and I was the outsider. And at one point, I said, I'd love for you. They were all in different spaces because they're all quarantined in their homes. I said, I'd like you to have a discussion about this topic. And I said, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. I'll be quiet. Talk away. And they said almost nothing. It was very awkward. And I realized this is so bizarre with me sitting here. I wasn't listening in on them, but they felt like I was. And I said, all right, I'm putting you all in a group. I'll see you in 10. And I might pop in to say hello in a moment and see how you're doing. I put them in their own small group. And suddenly they were having this great conversation. I popped in just to see that they were chatting. And then I popped back out. So there's lots of flexibility, lots of options. And I do think that how well an event like this goes in terms of interaction starts with our expectation, and if we're still telling ourselves this is a sorry excuse for a real live networking event, then it may not go as well as we want it to. If we embrace the idea that it can go really well, and there are even opportunities that we wouldn't have in a live event, I think it's more likely to go well. So embrace the idea. Play around with the tools. Marie, like you said, even in a family gathering, try, try to run a poll and get some feedback. Put everyone in small groups and bring them back. Get used to it and try it out in your next group. Yeah, and there are ways to be more interactive. Like you said, it'd be rude to talk to the person next to you while someone's speaking at a live event. But in the chat of a Zoom event, as a presenter, I like that. When people start chatting with each other and they're they're sharing, they're asking questions, even during the presentation, it gives me an opportunity then to get engaged or ask them a question and, and like you said, invite them to, to chat with a big group if that's you know, um, possible with the system that's being used. So there's a lot of opportunity as an attendee of these networking events to network in ways that maybe you couldn't even network at a live event. 
And Marie, I will also suggest that I think when we look at LinkedIn, you know, every year LinkedIn puts out a list of the top five or ten technical skills that are needed in the workforce and the top five or ten soft skills. I am sure that next year we will see virtual excellence, this sort of virtual acuity. And if you're job searching for work or if you're a, um, if you're a practitioner and you're trying to get a project or a gig or win an opportunity, if you're trying to go for an opportunity that requires some of these skills, you also could volunteer in the midst of a meeting or an interview to demonstrate some of that. They could give you control and you could bring you share your screen or put people in small groups or show them that you understand how to use these tools because they're increasingly not only important, but they're about to be they're about to be expected in the way that computer skills were superpowers and then they were common and now you don't even get get extra points. They're going to move very quickly to expectations. Yeah, that's a great one. And, you know, digital leadership has been on this, the wavelength for a while, but now that's taken on kind of a practical meaning. When we talked about it last year, it was this kind of obtuse concept. And now it's like, oh, here it is. <laughs> can you yeah. implement a technology quickly when everything shifts? And if we can have ourselves and our clients demonstrate that, it is going to set us apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to events, whether we're running them or attending them, there are some different things that we can do. And you've highlighted those well. Have there been any other um, systems that you've seen used or other events that you've attended where you thought they did something well? Yeah, I think when when the system is well used, you're not aware of what system you're using because things feel intuitive and and um, common sense. But I've been at events recently that um, have used the technology Hop In. I went to a conference on Hop In this week, and I spoke. I did a keynote, which was on the stage. I did a concurrent, which was sort of in these small rooms. I had an expo booth, and then we did a bunch of networking. So that was a very good experience. I also went to a conference last month. Same thing. I did I did a keynote from the stage, a concurrent from a small room. In that one, we got to do a little more interacting and polls and small groups. And then I did some networking. They had some end-of-the-day sort of happy hour gatherings, and that was on a, a platform called Remo. Those are kind of the, the bigger platforms. But I think the ones we're going to see used, in fact, the, the um, report that I heard this morning was saying that very often early adopters, they get the early lead and they sort of define the way things are done. But if they can't keep up or if they grow too quickly, which they often do because they're the early lead, they they lose their spot. And there's some suspicion that Zoom has been the clear winner in the last six months. It's very simple. It's very intuitive. There are not a ton of bells and whistles. And we all jumped on and were able to, with the click of a button, make wonderful things happen. And if they can keep their lead, we'll continue to use Zoom. But we might see, from what I hear, a conversion in the next six months to other systems, maybe MS Teams, maybe Google Hangouts. You know, just go to meeting and go to webinar and they have their pros and cons, but we may end up using a more, another system more commonly a year from now. So do be willing to um, get familiar with and try out other systems. Don't wear yourself out by trying everything, um, but we may be Zooming in a year and we may be talking about Remember Zoom in a year and we'll be on another platform. So keep your eyes open for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I like the networking events and making sure that you attend those. You know, as you were saying, it can feel like oh, a virtual networking event really as part of a conference, for instance. But if you don't do that, then you're just in the big group sessions, maybe a breakout, which, you know, depending on the leader, you may or may not get really that much interaction. Right. And the networking events can really be that opportunity to connect in, in smaller groups. So. Marie, I saw a networking event this week at the international conference that I was involved with, and I thought they did a fabulous job. But the truth is, in they had three different sessions you could choose from. The session that I went to, the technology was not behaving, the host was patching in and out and then was gone for a while. And, and what she ended up doing was throwing some good questions into the chat and the rest of us continued. She said, carry on the discussion, I'll see what I can do. And we continued our our um, conversation in the chat, we could not talk to each other. So in some ways, you think this is sort of worst case scenario. Everything you hoped wouldn't happen had happened. But at the end of the day, we had a general session and each of the three people who were leading those networking sessions had taken time to sort of aggregate and boil down some of the most important ideas that came from the networking session. And so Amber, the woman who was our sometimes absent leader, she did an amazing job of recapping the questions, the best ideas, all the contributions. So I think if you are thinking about doing a networking event, even if it goes really well, and especially if it doesn't, think about summarizing it and sending out either gathering people together for the summary or doing a straight-to-video summary or writing those notes up and sending them out because great ideas came from it, even though the technology didn't behave as well as we had wanted. And that ending session kind of brought it all together in our minds and made it especially useful. Excellent. Yeah. And finding those opportunities for people to share in the in the groups and making sure that you participate, show up, participate, ask questions, get in the chat, right? So that you're actually yep. engaged in that event. Because if you just show up and are going to listen in, you're probably not going to get that much out of it. <laughs> so Elizabeth, why don't you share with people how they can connect with you and follow you and learn more about the virtual excellence work that you're doing? Certainly, and I do more than virtual excellence. This is just one of my new hobbies because it's become so important. So there may be other ways I can help you as well. You can go to our website, which is worknetsolutions.com, W-O-R-K-N-E-T, solutions with an S, dot com. And feel free to send me a message through the website so you can contact me directly and we can start a dialogue there. Excellent. And if you're looking for Elizabeth on LinkedIn. It's an S, not a Z. So Elizabeth with an S, Sanders Park. And Elizabeth, thank you so much for sharing with us. It's always a pleasure to to get your energy and your ideas and, and the excellence that you share. If you're listening, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to share some more insights that I've gotten about virtual job fairs and about other virtual events and ways that you can be virtually excellent. So We're going to say goodbye to Elizabeth, but we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we were talking with Elizabeth Sanders-Park about how you can be virtually excellent. She shared some great tips on managing your environment and making sure that you're being interactive in the, the ways that you participate in these events, especially if you're leading event or running a webinar, to set it up to be interactive using the poll feature, the chat, the the breakouts, anything that we can do to make it really interactive. And I know one of the things that I've had to work on with my presentations is really being thoughtful about how you're going to engage people, having clear questions that if you're going to have people answer in the chat, it's really clear and easy to answer in the chat, using those breakout rooms well. You can assign people to breakout rooms. You can do it on, you know, a, a... random basis. There's a lot of different ways that you can use that technology. So if you're going to be giving a presentation for work, maybe even for an interview, right? There's a lot of companies that are doing presentation-based interviews to ask them what tools they're going to use to choose your tool wisely if you have the option. Know how many people will be attending What's the purpose? How is it going to flow? And plan ahead of time for those things. And I was giving a keynote at the very beginning. So one of the first events that went to the virtual instead of in person and sat down with a a coach, my own coach, right? Coaches use coaches. Sat down with my own coach to make sure I was very thoughtful around how I, I made it interactive. Recently, we had a a presentation, a conference where they sent everybody recorded sessions and mine was one of the recorded sessions and that was really hard. It's like, well, how am I going to keep this engaging for people? How am I going to keep them, you know, engaged and how can I know who's watching and who watched? So I set up a system where the presentation used video and screen share and, you know, some of me talking, but not much. And then 
had these breaks where at certain times, if people were still listening, they could do things to let me know that they'd been listening and and connect. So being creative, thinking outside of the box and, and really knowing what you're getting into, then how are you going to help people get the most out of it and interact and with you as the presenter and interact with each other so that they can get that value, as Elizabeth was saying, in sharing ideas with each other. So one of the other things that's gone virtual, and it had there'd been smatterings of virtual job fairs in the past, but now this is it, right? We're getting virtual job fairs for the at least the next six months, whether it's a university fair, a workforce center fair, all of those things has have gone virtual. How do you prepare for that? So I've been doing a little bit of research on this, uh, starting by talking to the hiring, the virtual hiring manager at Intel, and he gave a presentation on our Facebook Live back in May talking about how this is changing and how this is coming on board. And, you know, he kind of made a joke that he had been appointed the virtual hiring manager in December of last year, I think, and nobody nobody really cared, right? Because we're still doing the on-campus job fairs and, and everybody wants to be on campus. But then in February, he was everybody's best friend in <laughs> March, right? How are we going to do a virtual job fair? So he gave some great tips about being that prepared, right? We all know we need to be prepared when we go to a job fair. We need to research those companies and really think about how we're going to tailor our approach to each company. So that might be targeting a resume and cover letter to each company that then I can send to them, especially important over these virtual job fairs because the resume is going to be what the person has in front of them. They're not going to have your beautiful face, depending on the the system, they may, but they're most likely just going to have your resume in front of them, perhaps you on video for a little bit. One of the other things that he talked about was the use of chat in these virtual job fairs where a recruiter can chat with many applicants at once. So I'm not necessarily going to see the other applicants' chats but I'm going to be able to chat directly with that recruiter and they can do that before they might be able to jump one-on-one with on video with people, depending on the, the functionality and how the job fair is set up. They may have a group video, they may not. So the idea of being prepared with your resume and cover letter, but also with some of your sound bites and answers to the frequently asked questions, have those already typed up that you can adjust depending on what the question is, but you're already set to answer, you know, what types of roles you're looking at, why you're interested in that company. You might type out answers to those already so that you can just copy and paste when you get into that chat instead of having to start from scratch, meaning that you can be more responsive, you can get into their queue more frequently and be ready to have that chat where other people might not be ready to do that. So you're preparing in similar ways, but a little bit more in depth because you want to have those written pieces ready to go as well as the in-person pieces if you get to do some video with them. Now, knowing what system they're going to use ahead of time is important as much as you can do to research that, to look it up, to ask those questions of the organizers. Indeed just launched a new virtual hiring event platform. There's an article on it. Indeed launches virtual hiring event. If you look at that, you'll see 
and they describe their system a little bit in terms of the lobbies and the waiting rooms. There are other systems that people are talking about. And I just posted about this on LinkedIn on Friday. So if you you know are connected to me on LinkedIn or you want to go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see under my activity a post from Friday where people have commented all kinds of great gems around the virtual job fair platforms. And I just want to kind of call out uh, a few of them. So one of the newer ones is Career Echo, and it's just ECO, like eco, kind of career eco. Maybe that's how they present it. And the that's a startup. They've got some events. You can go on their platform and check them out. They might be used in some of the events that you'd be going to. Of course, some events are using a platform like Zoom and and scaling it to meet their needs. Um, some, I'm guessing some will start using this, I, the Indeed, the new Indeed system so that you can um, get an idea of what that looks like. Colleges and universities are using some of their own systems that are specific to the university, like Handshake. So that is a system that they're using within the university. Um, Hire, or no, sorry, HIRE, I don't know how they pronounce that, but it's H-I-G-H-R-E is another system that people have put me in touch with to learn about the system and how does this work in a virtual career fair. So learning about the technology and being as comfortable as you can be is important. Flex Jobs does their own job fairs and you can check that out um, and see what that's like. You might even go to a few of these fairs to get your toe in the water to see what they're like because again, they're going to be around for a while. That hop-in platform that Elizabeth was talking about is another one that they're using for virtual career fairs, as well as, as she said, some virtual events. So get on YouTube, look at some of those systems, see if you can find a video that walks you through how to do it, and play around with these technologies because having the familiarity with the technology will help you stand out better and have a a better presence when you get into the actual interview system. When you're on video, all of the same tips that Elizabeth was sharing will be great to have that video presence. So your lighting, your sound, your visual behind you, making sure you've got that all figured out before you get into the virtual interview system, and then being ready to connect with those employers, get into the rooms that you can, listen, talk, do whatever is available to you and with those companies that you're interested in and check out all the features similar to the virtual events that that we were talking about you really have the opportunity to connect and to be a lurker for a little while and then figure out how you want to interact so uh, take advantage of all of the functionality that's available even if it's your first time and you make a few mistakes at least you'll know better for the next time because as i said these are are really not going away we're going to be doing these virtual job fairs for a while especially in the US but i know other other areas if you're in singapore i've got listeners now in russia um, i'd love to hear what's going on in your market so feel free to share that with me as well 
I'm always interested to see what's going on for all of you and the systems that your local areas are using and how they're managing the the idea of a, of a job fair. If you've got a local workforce center, job center, one-stop, let some different names that they're used for those places, but they typically have one in every county. It's a federal program here in the U.S., and I know other countries have similar programs, especially Singapore. I've met some of the staff from this the program there in Singapore. So look at that. Find your government-sponsored agency. In the past, those agencies may have been filling roles and promoting roles that weren't in your wheelhouse, But now they are going to be broadening their scope because they can, because employers need them to, especially those employers who are struggling in hiring, and because this technology enables a more accessible platform to everyone. So now we can all attend job fairs for someone like FlexJobs, who's promoting remote roles, and you can get those opportunities, whereas you wouldn't have been able to get that if you had to travel across the country to go to a a job fair, right? So I've seen big organizations having job fairs like Indeed. You're going to start seeing more of this, making it really accessible to people all over the country and perhaps even all over the world, depending on how the events are set up. Take advantage of those, research the companies, Know what you're going to do in terms of your approach before you go, your resume, your cover letter, your frequently asked interview question answers, so that you're ready to go when you get into those spaces. Google the technologies ahead of time, go to YouTube, find some videos on how they work, or check out the platform's homepage. A lot of them will give you that information on their homepage as well. And if you can't figure out what platform an event is going to be using, ask. Email those um, people that are setting it up and ask what platform they'll be using so that you can be ready to have the best impression possible. And then don't forget that those job fairs are about networking. So do all of the networking things that you would be doing at an in-person fair, connecting with the recruiter on LinkedIn after you meet them in the fair. And if at all possible, networking with other attendees in the chat if there's a you know a, a breakout room or a lobby where you're hanging out with other attendees. Do all of those networking and and connection activities that you would do in person using that virtual platform. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, just go through the highlights of what you need to be virtually excellent and to manage your virtual brand, whether you're working, job seeking, or running your business. We're going to give you the the highlights for having a strong virtual personal brand. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. 
That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And let's just do a speed session on how you can manage your personal brand virtually. So remember, when we talk about personal branding, that we are talking about your unique promise of value and that this is something that is intrinsic, internal to you. It's authentic who you are and the value that you add to your target audience. And that we want to talk about how you can authentically communicate it and make that known to the people in your circle so that they think about you for that promotion. They think about you for that job or that speaking position, whatever it might be. Your brand is what people think about you when you're not in the room, right? It's what they think about you and how they put you in a position or not when they're thinking about hiring someone, moving someone up, hiring that next speaker, hiring a coach, whatever it might be. And we have control over that and how we communicate it. But when we go virtual, it gets a little bit more challenging. So how do we stay top of mind when we aren't in people's personal view, when we can't see them in the meeting, see them at the water cooler? Are we going to be out of sight, out of mind? I hope not. How can we make sure we stay in their in their view? So obviously, when we think about personal branding, we've got the underpinnings of that, that we know who we are, we know how we're different, we know the value that we bring, we know our strengths, and we know what our audience needs so that we can connect the dots between this is what I bring and this is what my audience needs. And when we go virtual, here are some things that become a little bit different. So we want to make our messages stand out. When we're communicating via email, we want to be clear when and, and consistent. When we have the opportunity 
to be on video, we want to be on video so that people can see what we, who we are and what we bring. We want to be consistent in our communications. So it might be that before an email a week between us and our boss was fine, and now we're stepping that up, not to the point where it's annoying and we don't have anything to say, but we're more regularly communicating because it's virtual and we're not going to run into them at that meeting or there's not going to be an opportunity to connect with them at that meeting because the person that runs it shuts it off right afterwards, right, if we're virtual. So we're figuring out how do we communicate with them more consistently so that we stay at the top of their inbox. So as we are communicating, we're thinking about the most appropriate way to cut through the noise in the communications. So if they get a ton of email, but they're really responsive on Slack or Microsoft Teams or whatever it is, then we might communicate with them there for certain issues instead of everything via email. Where am I going to be able to connect? What's most appropriate and engaging and is is good for them? So we might even ask, where do you prefer that we talk during the middle of the week? It, let's schedule those meetings that maybe we'd always meant to do, but when we saw each other in person, it didn't seem to make sense. Now maybe we need that weekly or bi-weekly meeting more than we used to. And we're going to stay in contact that way. We're going to use video when at all possible to send those messages. So you started seeing this a while ago, even before COVID, with companies where their CEOs were sitting out, sending out video messages instead of just written newsletters. That's because people remember so much more of video. They process images so much faster. So if you have an opportunity to use an infographic, use a video, be careful with your memes <laughs> because they're really powerful. That's why marketers use memes. But when you're using them in a way that's not aligned with your personal brand or not professional, you're going to get remembered for the, the wrong things. So they can be helpful. They can be funny. They can be a great way to build your brand. We just have to be really thoughtful about how they're used because they are very powerful. But the more we can use images and video in our conversations, virtual conversations with people, the more they'll remember us and connect with us because we remember and connect more to visuals and video. Start getting used to video, start getting comfortable with video, participate in those opportunities so that you get over that fear and thinking about how you can show up visually. That's your way. So make make it work, make it count, figure out how to make it work for yourself. When you're in these conversations, you even more now today and virtual need to be thinking about how you're going to communicate your strengths, how you're going to connect to opportunities that let you use your strengths so that you can demonstrate those and really shine. When you're thinking about, as we were just talking about with the virtual job fairs, you've got to have those responses ready to go because if if you're slow in chatting, people might move on. So really being prepared for the conversations, having your profiles, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, whatever you're on, making sure that those things are all aligned. Because now that we're virtual, people are going to go and check you out on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, maybe even while you're talking. They're going to be doing that virtual skim, that digital scan of you before you meet, before you jump on, if you're not able to be on video, they're going to judge you on those things that they can find out there online. 
So have those all put together and communicating consistently your strengths, where you're going, and what you want people to know about you authentically so that they can connect you to those opportunities that you're wanting to get. When you are virtual, if you do get the opportunity to be in meetings, maximize those. Be on video, connect in the chat, be visible. Don't just be a participant that doesn't show up. It may be hard, you might be burned out on your Zoom, but prioritize those meetings where you get the opportunity to get in front of your decision makers, your boss, your boss's boss, the people in the department that you'd love to work in. When you can get those opportunities to be in front of those people, be there, prioritize it, get your hair done, get your nice shirt on, show up on video. Because when you have those limited opportunities today that you used to perhaps get at an all company meeting or you know a department meeting, when you get those virtually, you want to make that opportunity count to show up and be there virtually. Be connected to your team. So make a little bit of effort offline, not just to connect to your boss, but to connect with your other teammates. Make those connections deeper now too, because the more effort we put in there, the easier it will be to get those performance appraisals at the end of the year for them to be thoughtful and putting in thought on their end and for you to do the same on your end. It can be harder when we're virtual to stay connected with some of those team members. So put in the effort there, make it count, set up those, you know, periodic meetings, whatever it takes to really build those relationships and have those you know, workplace relationships really strengthened because those people are your advocates, right? They're your sponsors. Maybe you're going to have a specific sponsor or a specific mentor that you're building relationships with, and that's great. But we want to be thinking about how we're managing our relationships within this time that they're staying strong, that we're not losing those connections because we're not seeing that person on a daily basis or we can't, you know, casually invite them to lunch now, we're going to have to put a little bit more effort into it. And of course, we want to be real. So as Elizabeth and I were talking about your space, and yes, you might use that background, but be real when you show up there. Make it an engaging conversation. Try to not make your nervousness turn into that fake persona on video. It's okay to just be real and engage with your team in a professional way. And managing that boundary can be challenging, right? I want to be real. I want to be there. I want to engage and interact. And I want to be professional. I don't want to get to that unprofessional place with those interactions any more than I would in the hallway at work. So we're managing our online reputation and we're showing up in video so that people can know us and like us and trust us just like they did when they got to see us in person every day. And especially if you're starting a new job during this pandemic, that's going to be your challenge. So take some concrete steps to build those relationships and show up so that you can meet people, even if it's only virtually. We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant with another great guest. If you have ideas or questions or want to share with me what's going on in your virtual world, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. 
Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thank you.